people sometimes hey hello <laughs> you sound so like it's so full and like soft like you're about to tell me to leave my husband and follow my destiny or something you could leave your husband and follow your destiny you really could. Really um, yeah. oh, coming to you live good. on saturday morning is it, is it it's saturday night no is it friday night there Ooh. it is saturday night saturday oh, afternoon yes. well it's just six o'clock so it's just been it's just about Friday night. Yeah, it's about Friday night. Yeah, Ari, you're over in Indonesia, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I really am in Indonesia. <laughs> I really, she said that like we. I really am in Indonesia. Really yeah, <laughs> I love that. Just pretend to be wherever you're being. I love that now. It's weird we're sticking it to the man. Yeah, or the woman with the seventy-seven thousand pound eyebrows. Um, sticking it to her. I mean, that is true girl boss empire, really, isn't it? Oh my it? goodness. Yeah, gatekeep, girl boss, gaslight. That's that's exactly her. That is she, it. She who must not be named for the sake of my future visas. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love, though, is like now, like me and my friends use girl boss as an adjective. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she seems a bit girl bossy. Oh, that seems a bit girl bossy. <laughs> oh, no, that, can't, that comes across as a little bit girl bossy. Like, it's a oh, negative a connotation. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, that kind it's funny of though. yeah. It's like them people that bullied you in school that now want you to follow their wax melt pages on Instagram. Oh my god, they all are involved in pyramid schemes. Literally, pyramid I schemes. saw a girl that was mean to me in high school at the what's it called the supermarket the other day, and I looked her up on LinkedIn. I didn't say hi, and she just celebrated like three years at a company that looks like they sell vitamins that do not work, and mm. they have a CEO that probably went missing. So went <laughs> missing. Yeah. Um, it's sad, isn't it? I reckon, like, once a week I see on Facebook, like, another girl fall prey to pyramid schemes. Oh, another day, another girl boss. Another day, another girl boss. Just adding to that, that breaking that glass ceiling, girls. One <laughs> one pyramid scheme at a time. <laughs> one pyramid scheme. Let's drink to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> no, it is bad. Do you know what I didn't realise, though? I didn't realise that, like, Avon is basically a pyramid scheme, isn't it? Is it really? Yeah. It's oh, like, my goodness. Of- I know one of the most original ones but it's it's always funny because like I'll get I always get people like contact me like hey want to be a girl boss work from home and earn your own money and go on holiday and earn six figures a month and I'm like yeah of course I do but I also don't want to get scammed so how are you going to fix that problem exactly exactly my mate oh my goodness I hope she doesn't mind me sharing the story she just had an interview yesterday and then as soon as the interview started she texted the group chat thing like I think I'm being interviewed for a pyramid scheme and I went, oh my god get out of there but she entertained it for a few minutes because the second the, the interviewer said um, we've selected you upon thousands of applicants for this position and she's like literally somebody hit me up on LinkedIn like <laughs> I was not selected upon thousands of applicants like <laughs> oh man the, the, no. the girl the girl boss epidemic is the second pandemic if anything it um, is it is big and it's 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 frustrating for me because like it's all I just I don't want to make fun of people because there are probably some very genuine companies out there that just want to mm-hmm. do well but it's yeah. just sad because they do prey on vulnerable people and like it doesn't yeah. get talked about a lot in like mass media and I think it's because it's a women's issue isn't it like mm, it is. you wouldn't Definitely get that yeah, it's a gendered issue and hopefully I know they're trying to police it a bit more, but in America, yeah. wow, it is it is wild. Over here, it's like it's like small fry, it's like candles mm. and um what do they call it? Like, like bracelets. Bracelet perfumes yeah. that are like knockoff perfumes and it's um yeah, it's re- it's really sad. So if you listen to this and you have been approached, just do a little bit of research. You know, before before that. Not that I think we've kind of got the demographic for um girl boss pyramid schemes, but um if you're listening, just want to put that out there and let you know. Just be careful. Just be just be careful. We've got some exciting release news. So promising young women's finally coming over to the UK. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness, it's about time. That's like the green knight waiting for that to drop. Um, that, that's actually still happening. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently so, but yeah, promising young woman. I have complicated feelings about that film, but I'm excited more people get to see it. Um, yeah, I keep. A, I feel yeah. like when it first came out, like the festival buzz, there was a lot of buzz about it, and then I feel like mm. since the awards announcement, I've started to see not so much discourse, but more conversations and challenging it. I just feel like it's been. It, I remember talking about this film two years ago. Like, what, what is time? Two years ago. I'm sure, like, I remember being in the office and someone mentioned this film two years ago. Oh, my like, God. I know. It, it, it's scary. But, yeah, it's going, mm. it's not, it's skipping the cinemas because, obviously, c- cinemas here, I think, aren't open until May. Yeah, yeah. Until on Sky. I mean, big Oscar contender, Emerald Fennell. Yeah. yeah. I just... For sure. Camilla from The Crown, right? I just That's can't that. get past the Camilla... And also for that me, says like, a lot about her. To it does. <laughs> I mean, it shows it is a powerful performance, but I'm just like, mm. but no, I am excited to see it. But like, you know, for me, being in a being a film festival director now, I must mm. say, I'm just sick of seeing trauma films. Like, there's just so yeah. much more to women's lives than trauma. It's hard. I, yeah. It is hard. It's hard. But again, it might be also that thing of like, yeah, I'm sick of trauma stories, but shouldn't there be an outlet? To, to address that trauma in the sense where it can be cathartic for viewers or yeah. people who share a similar trauma as opposed to just sort of having it play out like real life but because why would you like showing the reality of something that we all know is harsh and, and does exist you can do that in a way that can still be cathartic as opposed to sort of like reinforcing the culture of yeah the woman has to die for there to be justice or the woman has to do this for there to be justice it's just yeah no it's hard but I'm glad that more conversations have been opened up about it but um yeah I want to see more movies where bitches just get to kill some people I think I think that's really girl boss that's like (laughs) Think. But do you know what? That's why I quite like that film. I really care. The Rosamund Pike. Film. Oh, I care a lot. Yeah, I care yeah, a lot. yeah. There you go. I yeah. love that because I was watching it. I was like, this is such an unlikable woman, but yeah. I am hooked. I don't want her to succeed. I don't yeah, want her I'm to invested. get out of this. Like I'm invested, and I think it was done really, really well. Um, yeah. And I want to see fair, more. Yeah. I want to see horrible women. I want to see. You know. I, I just. It all goes back to that. Oh, let's see more strong female characters. Well, you know what? Strong female characters is such a wide pool like jesus yeah. like they can let's be just strong some, and horrible yeah let's see like, some assholes you know let's yeah. just see some proper bitches that yeah. you know and have that kind of female villain and things like that speaking of which mm. dame helen mirren has been cast in the villain of the next shazam film oh my goodness i thought you were gonna say paddington but, <laughs> <laughs> but ooh. I love that for her. Oh my god, Dame, okay, Dame Helen Mirren. I am obsessed with her because she is also um, the mother of uh, you know Deckard Owen and Hattie Shaw in the Fast and Furious franchise, and that is a that's a power move. I respect it. I love it. She's familiar, as um, the Toretto's would say. Uh, but oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is oh, I can't believe that's what it was for because I saw Rachel Zegler who who got cast in Shazam as well. She was like, I'm gonna be in a film with Helen Mirren, and I thought it was a separate thing, but no. Shazam. Shazam. I know. I mean, that kind of leans into what we're talking about today because I'd yeah. completely forgot that Shazam was a sh- Shazam was a thing. Shazam. And then the the other day, Shazam. I just feel like you can't say it without wording out the explanation point. Yeah, Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> and then I completely forgot it was a film. And then it was on telly the other day, and I was like, oh, I did actually quite enjoy this. It was it's silly nonsense, which I quite liked. I yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. I fun. We're going to talk about this today because I think DC is a genre in itself that I do actually quite <laughs> enjoy. It's just silly nonsense. But yeah, Shazam! I didn't realize they were doing a second one because Henry Cavill was meant to be in this and he's not anymore. Oh, yeah, because he was meant um, to be in the first one and there was yeah, yeah. scheduling conflicts. I'm saying that with air quotes. Mustache conflicts. Mustache mean. conflicts. Yeah, <laughs> lest we forget. Um, Let's give it And yeah, and then he was meant to be in the second one and he's not now. So I don't know what the crack is. But Ooh. it's interesting to see someone like a woman of that age as well be cast as yeah. a villain. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, that's that's hot. That's all I have to say. That's hot. In the words of Paris Hilton. <laughs> that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> hot. Oh God, you're making me relive my noughties realness right now. My life is just... reliving it every day. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. Speaking on that, there is a new podcast coming from Ooh. Rachel Bilson and um, I've forgotten her name, but they are reliving the OC. It's an OC watch along. Oh 
Oh my gosh, will Adam Brody be involved in any capacity? I think so, because I think they get along despite the fact that they dated Because there's that yeah, picture yeah, yeah. of them at the airport, isn't there? And I think they mm. get along I mean, when you think about it, I think they broke up like 15 years ago Which is Yeah, 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 so I think strange. that's enough time for Yeah It is strange that it was 15 years ago And now she's with Anakin Skywalker, if I'm not mistaken I don't know, I think they broke up and then they got back together and they broke up oh. again and then they had a baby and got back together and then they broke up again. And then she was dating Bill Hader, remember? Oh, good for her. Good for, good for her. That's, do you know what? I'm just going to dedicate so that jealous. to Lucille Bluth as well. To Lucille good Bluth. To Lucille Bluth. Lucille Walter. Oh, God, rest her soul. My rest goodness. Soul. An icon. Oh, my God. I do you know what I really it. loved is... When someone passes, it's always filled, obviously, with a lot of sadness. But the timeline mm. was just full of such celebration for this yeah. character and how she just embodied it so well. And it was actually quite lovely. I mean, every time the Jean Parmesan um, scream came on my timeline, I just went, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I love it here. It's everything to me. She's everything to me. She would have made a great Fast and Furious slash Paddington slash... Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking brilliant oh, I God. love how you've got like the Fast and Furious villain And the Paddington villain are, like in the same Venn diagram I bet they're, they exist in the same universe I, well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you It probably is I mean, um, <laughs> I'm just connecting dots in my mind That nobody asked for it's yeah. true. I, I could definitely see like Hugh Grant As a Fast and Furious villain As well as a Paddington oh, villain yes. So, you know, that's definitely Yeah, I think we've made a connection there I think yeah. that's a thing Hollywood, if you're listening. <laughs> you want us ideas. to what? <laughs> yeah. You heard I, me. <laughs> I am big on Hugh Grant just getting more work that is random because yeah. I think after Paddington and The Undoing, I'm just, yeah, I'm just here for Hugh Grant, just living yeah. his best life. And being Let him be weird. Yeah. yeah. Let him be horrible. Maybe yeah. Let's go for it. Let's see more horrible people on screen, you know. Yeah. Representation as a you know horrible person myself, um, I'd like to see more of that on screen. Oh my god, are you gonna star in Horrible Bosses 3? Do you think? Oh, that would actually be my dream come true because I secretly really love that series and I would give anything to work with Jason Sudeikis. Like, I have the biggest crush on him, it's so embarrassing. Um, I, I re watched Ted Lasso with my brother the other day and we were just like, What a man! Like, <laughs> that's a man, okay. <laughs> Saying that, how do you feel then? Because for me, him and Olivia Wilde were like dream couple. I'm oh, crushed, but then I'm there's Harry. I'm like, I'm very conflicted I'm here. I'm a mess. Every day, Harry Styles does something new to embarrass me, and I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Harry Edward Styles. We have words. Um, we need to have words. <laughs> we do. We do. But you know what? Like that's the funny thing. And whenever, and I love talking about celebrity gossip and stuff because it's just so fun. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like you know what? It's let them do what they want. This will. Yeah. This will. Something will happen. <laughs> By the time, don't worry, darling, comes out. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. I'm excited for that film and it's quite interesting actually. Yeah, me too. We better get into our topic then this week. <laughs> we just did <laughs> it chatting about naughty's gossip, Rachel Bilson, yeah. Adam Brody. I think we should definitely do a pod episode on like naughty's couples. Because I feel like we had more celebrity kind of dating in that decade. Like now they just yeah. date boring normal people. Like what's that about? Well, well, we've got some, when we do have some celebrity couples, they are quite like magnetic and you want to know everything about them. And every time they get, you know, papped with Dunkachinos all over the floor. <laughs> Rest in peace, banana. Banana, absolutely love that. So, Snyder Cut. It was quite funny because I will, I won't lie. I made fun of the Snyder Cut throughout the whole kind of campaign of it coming back mm-hmm. because I didn't understand it. Like, I just yeah. didn't. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't realize the kind of behind the scenes drama that had happened. Yeah. Um, I just thought that he'd thrown his toys at the pram and was just like, now nah, I want to do it again because nobody yeah. liked my film. Didn't realize that like they basically took his baby and broke it apart and yeah treated everyone really poorly and it sucks because the studio I I feel like it was a bit opportunistic of them to just yeah we we should get this done the director is obviously grieving we should get somebody else to do it we should Mm. you know and then we can do it our way which Mm. you know turned out to suck because they got Joss Whedon to do it it's a fucking nonce I hate him but but then when I heard that 
the actors from the film started tweeting hashtag release the Snyder Cut. I went, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, that's what piqued me because originally I just thought it was fans like, oh, you know, the film, mm. I didn't like the film, so let's remake it kind of thing. But when they started, like it literally started with a hashtag and it was kind of like all the cast like kind of came in and then some of the crew kind of came in and that kind of got this fan momentum building. But it still wasn't like happening. Like the hashtag yeah. was just going on behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, so basically Zack Snyder's daughter very sadly passed away mm. um, and that was after the film had finished shooting and they were mm. in post-production. So they decided that let's bring in Josh Whedon because he did the Avengers and he basically not only rejigged the film, but he reshot a large amount of the film, yeah. which just for me, like as a producer, the money element of that just makes it's, no sense to me. No, it's appalling. It's just so strange. And yeah, it's bizarre. Obviously, the film was a commercial flop. Um, I feel like that's because they just rushed it because they just wanted to compete with Avengers because they knew yeah. that, you know, the Infinity War saga was coming and the Endgame was coming. They wanted to kind of compete. And that never works when it comes to studio. No, like, not for all. me, DC kind of created that really great trilogy with Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Like, I will die on this hill for this. I'm sure you would too, too. Of course. Are you kidding? (laughs) I have, oh my goodness, the dark, when the dark Knight came out, that was my introduction to be like, oh my God, this is so cool. And if I like this, I will be so cool. But then I ended up actually really liking it. So I was like, oh, I'm already cool then. Uh, uh, No, no, the, the, the Nolan trilogy is probably some of his best work as a director mm-hmm. and then uh, i rewatched man of steel very very recently right before the snyder cut and I went, actually this isn't as bad as i remember it to be i love but man of steel i'm just, i'm just putting that out there i love it yeah. I, I have very again difficult feelings towards um, henry cavill but i think he's very he's a very current incarnation of superman and i appreciate that that he's not trying to be any of the past iterations he's not trying to be the lad from smallville you know like um Mm. smallville the tv show not the town he is still from the town but um (laughs) but yeah no i thought it was very very fresh and very current and they gave michael shannon that guy fieri goatee and i was like keep this going um this was exquisite and then batman v superman came out and i was like oh really? that's what kind of tore me off oh. the path to be honest yeah. because again it was it was too soon and like i feel like in the same year civil war did didn't it it did, yeah. It just yeah. went that competition for me. Like we loved Christian Bale, we loved the Nolan kind of the element to, of it, and I think that in a realistic, in another world, we would have seen that kind of Nolan Snyder kind of verse interact. Yeah. But to be honest, I think the Nolan trilogy, I think Heath Ledger's death really affected that kind of collection, yeah, and I think sure. that there was a lot of reluctance to go back to the third film. I don't. A lot mm. of people say it wasn't going to happen, and there was a lot of rejigging about it. And I do feel like it is the it is the weakest of all the three films, and I think it's because mm. it was a contractual thing. It was, you know, The yeah. Dark Knight made millions, billions of money, won an Oscar. Like the Warner Brothers wanted to continue that, and I think yeah. that it was just like, okay, let's get this finished and done and then you can hand it over to someone else and for me though man of steel there's a lot of nolan-esque in that it's a very nolan film it is like everything the coloring the the cinematography he executive produced it if i'm not mistaken i think all of the recent films he He has yeah 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 emma gang (laughs) the Um, gang gang i myself i myself and emma jonathan nolan uh truther and stan uh, my preferred nolan brother westworld unite gang gang. (laughs) westworld their sphere adaptation i'm i'm ready for everything that they do um him and lisa joy yeah man of steel was very nolan-esque in and i think snyder knew that like he needed to ease the fans into into his thing by so and, and it's good that i think he obviously paid his respects to to his predecessor in that yeah. way which was cool and i think it sucked that we didn't did not do that at all and they were just the studio really forced uh oh let's just get the guy that did the first avengers which we know did really well and let him do the same exact thing for the quips and the ladies in tight leather pants and i'm mm-hmm. just like i, I can't I can't. Um, I barely remember that cut, by the way. Like, 
I, no, I this is the thing. Yeah. Like, we're going to talk about the key differences between the two cuts because I, mm. I thought Justice, the original Justice League was was fun, but it was that, that was it. It wasn't like it set things yeah. up. Like, I didn't come out of that film and think, oh, I can't wait to see the Flash or I can't wait to see you know yeah. the next bit. But I mean, it wasn't even the fact that the film was kind of rejigged and reshot. Like, there was so much turbulence behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. um, and more of this has come out recently as well. But particular mm. Ray Fisher. Mm-hmm. He spoke out about the abusive nature on set with the reshoots, the and not just of the crew, of the cast as well. He said that it yeah. was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. And the investigation is still underway. Like this mm-hmm. film was made like five, six years ago. So yeah, sure. that's happening. But also, one of the team members of Rian Pictures noted that a lot of people of color were cut out of the Waden yes. cut. Yeah, of the film. Like, yeah. I mean, are you going to like, what? It's how? If and for what? Like, what are you trying to do? You're gonna cut down for minutes, and they all just happen to be brown people. Like, is that? But no. Um, I remember that's also something I remembered. Like, um, in the newer cut, Cyborg has a bit more backstory. Thank God, my baby. Um, <laughs> an hour. <laughs> an hour. Um, and then I remember the woman that played. Spoilers to anyone that hasn't seen this four-hour film. Um, the woman <laughs> that played the lady at the ATM that he helped. She said that she was cut out from the original cut, but she made it into. Like her character made it into the Snyder Cut. She was so happy about it um, on on Twitter, and I was just like, "Oh damn, really? Like, there's there was no room for I don't know. It's it's gross negligence on part of the studio and the director. It's also just like in this day and age where I think Hollywood has a certain awareness." That they could capitalize on diversity as we've seen, you know, yeah. tokens tick here, box. tokens there, yeah, tick boxes. Them. It's actually really surprising that, uh, well, not actually surprising, but it's just odd to see that somebody would willfully just choose not to include people of color in the film. Um, but, you know, Joss Whedon is a gross uh, asshole, as we know from Ray Fisher speaking out, which led to like former Buffy cast members speaking out, which mm. is. Um, yeah, which is really sad to to find out. It is. Yeah. We've seen that before with things like One Tree Hill as well, like these great yeah. kind of shows that we love that kind of, you know, shaped a lot of us as well. And things like Glee as well. And then you yeah, kind of hear the, the behind the scenes treatment that really, it's, it's just disgusting. Like you said, it's disgusting. So tell me, mm. when... So the Snyder Cut got released. They were, you know, they were given the opportunity to. Re- they did shoot more material, but a lot mm. of the material we've seen is actually was previously shot and was just removed, yeah. which is shocking. Mm. But tell me, before you sat down and watched this four-hour mm. film, <laughs> what were your expectations? Like, just just share with me what were you expecting to see? I was. I actually walked in there kind of blind, but I knew that. It was four hours long, so we were definitely going to get more sort of time. What I was expecting was more of their character relationships. You know how, like, in... I hate to compare them to the Avengers again, Mm -hmm. but um, in the Avengers, you do get little character moments. You get, you know, Steve and Tony arguing or Natasha and Hulk doing whatever the fuck it was they were doing. Um, (laughs) I'm not a fan of those two. Sorry to anybody who is. Yeah, you you get these moments where you get to see the character shine through how they interact with other characters. And I was really hoping for more of that because that's why I think we all really love ensemble films is is sort of to see relationships with these really cool, powerful people. But um, yeah, I wasn't really expecting much, you know? I was literally just like, what could they possibly do? And how is it possible that this is four hours long and I'm subjecting myself to it? you know, with my own consent, willingly. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting much, to be honest with you. What about you? Like, what, I was what literally the same. Like, for me, like, A, a I didn't know it was going to come out on Sky mm. over here. I thought it was going to be, like, a paid-for thing. And I mean, I've not even paid to see Wonder Woman yet because I don't... I'm not paying £20 to watch a film with Matelli. Absolutely not. I put it on and was literally just expecting to see a really long, drawn-out film of fighting and CGI to make it, you know, like a bigger and more blockbuster. I did not expect to watch something, and people will listen to this and laugh, but this film is deep, meaningful. It gives service to fans of DC who love the characters of the Justice League. It Mm. introduces us to 
this film does what it was meant to do. It sets up the universe that was meant to have. Cyborg is the heart of this film. Heart of this film. Heart of this film, which Snyder said that this was always meant to be the way. And the scenes that you see in the Snyder car were originally there. And that is why it's disgusting. I mean, imagine being Ray Fisher and making this film and then going to see it and being like, where the fuck am I? Yeah, I'm so glad he's spoken up and it's like, I can't imagine what it must have been like for him and to still sort of be subjected to a certain level of scrutiny by, you know, still a sect of fans that are just as disgusting to him as they were before the Snyder Cut came out. And it's just like, uh, big up to Ray Fisher, man. Yeah, my goodness. Um, and to me as well, like yeah. you spoke about like the industry as well. Like we have such such a huge, you know, wanting of diversity and such a, you know, we call people out, we call the Oscars out, we call the Golden Globes out. If you hmm. don't like the Justice League or superhero films, this is still a major issue that happened to a black yeah. actor that I think yeah. we should be getting angry about and should be standing yeah. on soapboxes and talking about. Because not only is this film about you know, setting up this universe, but it really dives deep into the relationships, like you said, about building them together. Um, mm. We see in this film that there's a lot more connection between Batman and Wonder Woman. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. I can't be asked all this. Mm-hmm. Name, Diana, Batman. who's that? Um, ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> ben Affleck, the girl from... Is, yeah, that one. Giselle um, from Fast and Furious and Ben Affleck. Um <laughs> Diamond's his boyfriend. They have this kind of connection where they want to build this team together. Whereas in the original cut, it was like they just sent out a WhatsApp blast and was like, yo, let's meet up at Bruce Wayne Manor yeah. and we'll just make this little team. It'd be like, but- hey, you guys. Get these people, I go get these people and just meet back in my house. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, um, cool. Bring the pizza, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Barry Allen, Barry Allen. Yeah. We see this young man who is so desperately trying to save his father who tried to save his mother. There's an emotional cut. Uh, Billy Crudip, absolutely gutted oh, he's man. been recast, by the way. Oh, man. I forgot oh. he was in this film. And when he was right, I was like, oh. There he it's is. not a Zack Snyder film without Billy Crudup, in my opinion. They're like, I think Billy Crudup is Snyder's De Niro, <laughs> for, lack a, for lack of a better comparison. Um, and yeah, when he came on screen, I went, you just forget don't you you just forget but he's also a very attractive man and i'm gorgeous (laughs) he's out have you watched the morning show on apple tv yes i have i love him in that i'm glad he's got he's got accolades for that but um yeah no going back to more of barry barry is interesting to me because um i understand his purpose and function on the team but i also feel like knowing the flash that i grew up watching and or reading because a big Justice League nut back when I was a kid that Same. this Barry felt a bit like he felt like he was doing an impression of Zoe Deschanel in New Girl and <laughs> his entire his entire purpose was to quip 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 my um my friend called Barry he just has soy dialogue I was like what's that you know how like it comes from soy boys he just says he's just the socially awkward like but also sweet kid that doesn't really know how to talk to the ladies but he also you know he, he makes up for it in his quick wit and sarcasm and ability to to save the wonderful Kirsty Clemens from an oncoming truck not before of course stealing a hot dog from a wrecked hot dog car so long um, I've got to so say long. it's so, so much long. slow-mo in this film goodness me it um, <laughs> No, I agree that he is basically yeah. the comic relief of the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and, Barry, uh, yeah, in in the comics I grew up reading or in the Justice League cartoons, he's a smart guy. He's yeah. a smart guy, and he's a loving guy, and he's very much the the sort of you know you look up to Bruce Wayne, the Bruce Waynes and the Tony Starks of the world, being like, oh, they're geniuses. Um, mm-hmm. But you have people like Barry who are like they're proper intelligent, they're proper. I work at Star Labs and all that shit. But um, yeah, he's way different from like obviously Grant Gustin in the CWs, The Flash. So um, yeah, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> this one but, doesn't yeah. sing. Yeah, this one doesn't sing. Oh goodness, I'm waiting for it though. Um, I still, I still can't believe that the the Flash and Supergirl did a musical episode and hired Darren Chris to be the bad guy and called him like oh, the musical maestro or something. I love Glee. So, oh my goodness. Glee, <laughs> oh god. Glee is evergreen. Um, in the <laughs> wouldn't be uh, not having it all podcast episode without a mention of Glee, and I think that's our exactly. third one for this episode. Yeah. So we do, we're doing yeah. very well. Great, we're doing very um, well. 
So talk there. Yeah, so back to relationships. So we've got mm. kind of uh, Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman with that element of things there. I do miss there was a scene in the in the Waden car where she pushed him when he mentioned yeah. Steve. And I do miss that because I love that. Yeah. I thought that was really brilliant. Let's talk about Aquaman. We have a lot more of Arthur Curry. We have a lot more of Amber Heard, which I was not expecting. Yeah, not expecting. Was, why did she have an English accent? Is she of the beans on toast community suddenly? Should we, as a nation, um, I think don't. things through? So I don't understand whether she had a British accent in the original Snyder Cut, but then, mm. of course, we had in Aquaman, Aquaman, where she didn't have a British accent. Mm. So did they reshoot this with a British accent? If so, what's... For what purpose? Lots to unpack there. More yeah. to unpack is who is doing Willem Dafoe's hair? Because and I need the conditioner. Are. Yeah. And whoever that is, well, good for you. It was my favorite thing. I got so distracted by William Defoe in the film because I just kept tweeting, oh my God, the wig budget. They did, all the wig budget went to Defoe in my in their budget. defense. Sorry to Jared Leto, but also not sorry. He looked terrible. And I want to thank William Defoe He's and his stylist too. personally for that. Oh, goodness. But yeah, Aquaman. I felt like I wanted more Arthur Curry, to be honest with you. I feel like I wanted to see more of the the man he was, that we've got to know in Aquaman, which chronologically obviously doesn't add up in terms of this film. But, um, yeah, I, like he was the the strong man, the, the, the guy that would say English, please, when <laughs> Cyborg is saying something techie. And I'm just like, oh God, is he going to be another brute? Because we already have two of those. Um, yeah, we've got Clark, we've got Bruce. Um, that's the thing, isn't it? This thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot, not that you want to like stereotype your characters, but you, there's kind of establishing those relationships. And I think there was, there was a good power play with him. Mm. And again, I think he served as a bit of comic relief, like Barry he did when you know he, yeah. he hops on like the car and he you know says things like did he say cowabunga or am i waking that up oh my god i it can't was, remember it was something along the lines of that but no i mean i'm just big here to see jason looking like that every day of the week, oh, to be man. Fair. what a man every wonderful so we've we've kind of covered aquaman flash bruce wayne there's not much really difference with bruce wayne to be honest we don't see anything i mean you else can see him. him i think that's the biggest difference you can see him <laughs> I get it that I get that Batman wears black because he's a man of the night and he's a bat and and you know he needs to be stealthy but you know being given it is you know it's a film I'd like to see him fight as opposed to just wisps of ben I know Affleck's I don't cape. understand that I, 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 I the original I, cut that's what I was <laughs> also pissed off at because I was just like I can't see anything like, no, yeah, the, yeah. The, the yeah the lighting and all, and it's the same with Henry Cavill because I know that in this film he's got a darker black suited mm. evil Superman suit, and that's saying that Waden changed and made it brighter red and brighter blue. And literally, if you see the Justice League, the brightness of his costume, it's more bright than Man of Steel and Batman, Batman versus Superman. Like it's, yeah. it's like <laughs> I had to put my glasses on, like it was that bad. But let's talk about Superman's involvement in this film because we don't. Yes. So. The original Snyder, the original Waden cut, we start with this music video montage of how the world is mourning Superman. We have that really yeah. embarrassing Snapchat with the moustache CGI'd out where oh, he's talking yeah. to a kid. And that's how the film kid. starts. Moustache yeah. kid, there we go. But with this film, we don't see the mourning of him nationally. We see it more through um, Lois Lane and his mother. Mm-hmm. And we have this pregnancy test. Oh, my goodness. Oh my god! It's it's. I what I really appreciate about this Superman this time around, though, that his whole sort of his lack of presence says so much about his presence later on in the film, and I appreciate that we got to see the world grieve through Lois's eyes, but also the state of the world after he died and yeah. his relationship with Lois. The whole like Lois is the key thing. It's been mm. set up from the get go, and yeah. I think it's just. Wow, imagine having a super baby. Oh my goodness. My poor, poor uterus. My poor, poor <laughs> uterus. Oh gosh. It's it's devastating. You you feel more for Lois. And I love that because I love Amy Adams. I'll watch her in anything. Mm. I saw Hillbilly Elegy, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but um still sounds no, like a skin condition to me. It sounds like the rural juror Yeah. That's the, the the Jenna Maroney film The Rurger. Oh my um, god, that's throwing me back. But, but yeah, no, it, I would give anything to see more of Amy Adams and Diane Lane. If that was the whole four hours, I'd be set for life. Like, me too. That's, that's me my too. Film. Are we are we still getting a Man of Steel too? Is that still happening? I actually don't know. I like have been really out of the loop in terms of DC news, just because I can never really trust what they have 
to say like it always it changes yeah. very quickly with like the suicide squad trailer that came out last night or this morning rather it's just yeah i don't really know what to expect from dc anymore because they're just rejigging everything and redoing everything so it feels we do like get a it, yeah there's like yeah. six different universes happening yeah. it's 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 a strange it's x-men one. all over again it um, is. It's it's a strange. But I feel like X Men did a good job at the start, like the whole first. Oh, first class. Was I like that, and I thought, okay, right. this is a cool way to kind of like re reintroduce people to the the franchise, and then it just yeah. went absolutely kaput. To be fair, but yeah, I'm sure about Man of Steel too. We'll have to get back to you on that one. So let's talk about the villains in this film. <laughs> so we, <laughs> Stephen Wolf has a new look. Um, he Box looks less me. like <laughs> less like a plant with boobs. Um, <laughs> looks like all of Thanos's ugly children he's just more menacing and alien looking and it's it, we see kind so of more sad. yeah we just see more why he's here like his true mission yeah. is obviously to get into the great graces of dark side and mm. he who actually is in this version um mm-hmm. he's not like a anonymous kind of source like hydra one of them mentioned hydra yeah. in the avengers scene we kind of see that and it's it's you know it's interesting i think kind of having that backstory of the amazonians and man and yeah. the um Atlanteans, Atlanteans. Yeah. did get some 300 vibes there i will say yeah. i think the down to the Gerard Butler lookalike as well. <laughs> I was literally, I was like, it's like, have they just edited in some footage from 300? Because I don't blame them, you know, they've had a lot to work with. Yeah. See, oh see, my goodness. Yeah, you see more of like the the enemy and things like that. And I do feel like mm. in this this version, we see how they're kind of building up. And obviously Cyborg's got that mother box. Mm-hmm. So we see more of his character. And we actually just see more of like him fleshed out and like the reasons behind you know, his father actually doing it. Like we learn about his mother, like that relationship, mm. how that kind of father-son dynamic was incredibly fractured compared to, you know, the other guys. Cause that's kind of similar to, you know, like Aquaman's got the relationship with his father, but not with yeah. his mother. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, you still look gorgeous in that film. I'm just going to put that out there right oh, now. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, and then Bruce has no parents as we've mm. seen in every single film. Um, <laughs> Clark lost Kevin Costner, whose pictures sank into the thing when they were resurrecting him. And I was like, are they going to bring back Kevin Costner using a picture? It's fucking sick. And then obviously and the, Diana's yeah. dad, Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> who is, you know, um, ancient Greece's biggest man whore. Just talk um, about father issues, you know. She's just yeah. trumping trump <laughs> the, the, the card. The daddy of all daddy issues. Yeah, and, and Barry with his relationship with his parents. So it's it's a group of people with really terrible relationships with their parents. They all need therapy. They all need therapy. They all do need therapy. Also, can I just say, before I move forward, I think the Justice League as an ensemble objectively are exponentially sexier than the Avengers. Like, look at them. Um, I think it's also because there's a lack of Jeremy Renner. So (laughs) that's why they all look great. Um, (laughs) I could totally, and I think it's very chiseled, isn't it? It's very chiseled and glossy. It's very traditional. Yeah, Avengers is kind of like the misfits, whereas, yeah... (laughs) The, the Justice League's very much gossip like... Gossip Girl. Yes, the Gossip Girl of superhero film. Absolutely. They are the Gossip Girl of superhero film. Love that. So <laughs> we don't see a lot of Batman's life still. We, we have yeah. a... There's no love interest mentioned. There's mm-hmm. no other members of the Batman family mentioned. We obviously have that small... That nod... Yeah. Not, yeah to to jason we don't mm. you know there's no nightwing mentioned there's no batgirl mentioned there's there's nothing going on at all really here which seems odd but obviously this was meant to lead up to the batflick Bat film Milton, yeah which i do feel really bad for him for to be honest because i know he put a lot of work into that and yeah then he, he went he went into rehab again didn't he and yeah that was just... around the time yeah because i remember um he got out of rehab right before they shot triple frontier another film i'm obsessed with <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that he's in and that also contributed to sort of scheduling conflicts and things like that but yeah mm-hmm. no it's it's sad but I think I think Affleck also realizes that he's I don't know I think he knows when to move on do you know what I mean and yeah he knows when to give up the mantle and to, to me and no disrespect to him because I think he just did it he, he did an all right job you know but uh, it didn't fit him do you know what I mean it didn't fit 
No, I get like, it. I yeah. think I think they wanted to go down this route of like a more mature Batman and kind of looking yeah, like at more, a Thomas Wayne instead yeah, of a Bruce. But, yeah, and like that's why I thought like if they introduced the Batman family, so you've got all those great characters that we haven't seen on screen. Yeah, Batwoman. Hello. Hello. Um, so it, it is it is sad and disappointing in that side of things. But then obviously the Joker is within this film. Now let's just talk a little bit about the ending. So obviously we have the kind of the main construct, which just follows similar to the original film. We just have a lot more context and background and character development, which is great. The end, we end up in a alternative universe, which we can only yep. assume is created by obviously Barry Allen flipping the mm, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, mm. all that kind of stuff. Let's talk about his alternative universe. So we've got Batman. Uh, yeah. We've got Amber Heard again. We've got Mera. We've got Mera and her, you know, we've got British Mera. British uh, Mera. I feel got... like there's an explanation point in between those two words as well. British yeah. Mera. British Mera. And you've got, <laughs> I just, sorry, that image. I just pictured Mera as like the home secretary just now. And I think that'd be really funny. Anyway, we've got Barry Allen with a beard uh, to show the passage of time. I didn't think that was him for like a good five minutes, and the and the scene's like four minutes long. So that's how long I was thinking. I don't about blame this. you. I don't blame you. Um, and then I think we've got a cyborg. I think right, he's still there. He's um, still there. Yeah. There's a lack of Arthur Curry, a lack of Wonder Woman, but we've got Deathstroke um, of Magic Mike fame. Of Magic um, Mike fame. And true blood, don't you Jeff again? And true blood, blood like yes, that. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect in the name. <laughs> yeah. My Anna Paquin vehicle of choice. Um, <laughs> We've got this weird like side side team of people yeah. with the joke with the Joker involved. Tell me what you thought about the Joker, because I saw these pictures of him like in a jail cell where he looked like Jesus. <laughs> and um, that wasn't in the film. So was that just like little little game? Um, the, the Jesus pictures, read, read Jared Leto Jesus pictures. I'm aware that one, he started a cult, the, the actor, um, and two, he's going to be Morbius in the upcoming Morbius films. It could be from those, but I remember the Snyder Cut trailer dropping and then that, that iconic, disgusting line where the Joker says, we live in a society. <laughs> Jared Leto has gone on to wear a we live in a society sweatshirt throughout the entire Snyder Cut press tour. And I'm just like, wow. Um, the, okay, the thing that really irks me about this specific incarnation of the Joker is that he has zero chemistry with Batman. And growing up, and my entire Harlequin. Thing, And Harlequin. And the entire sort of like the crux of you know this a uh, joker batman relationship what made them so fun was their chemistry that's why the lego batman i think did it the best that's why <laughs> uh, despite despite bale and ledger probably not clicking as much as i wanted them to on screen they were both great separately there is a lack of just chemistry not even like it doesn't he's just some insane guy he's not the joker do you know what i mean um like i got to give credit where credit is due even though i just like i don't like the film of like todd phillips's joker at least that guy had motivation that guy had something on his mind that he was going to carry out whereas leto's joker just feels like a spectacle like a really empty spectacle and it was the same in suicide squad i rewatched suicide squad fairly recently and i was like oh it's everything is horrible and everybody's trying to be funny but they're not funny and all those stereotypes are pretty racist and then the joker you can cut him out the film he's like inconsequential to the plot like harley can get out of there on her own if she wanted to and you know what i mean like yeah he just feels very inconsequential as a character in that universe but when he showed up at the end of the film i just went god i completely agree with you and like when suicide squad came first came out and we had all the promotional pictures a lot of people were like mm. oh you know you have to give him a chance this is a different incarnation of the joker but yeah. my problem was like you said being a fan of the justice league and the DC comics in general, the Joker always has a motive. He always has yeah. a story that he wants to achieve. Mm. And usually that's anarchy of the biggest extent, but that kind of relationship he has with Batman, you know, the kind of script in the dark Knight says it so well. It's like, you know, yeah. we, I'm like a dog chasing um, a car. I don't know what to do yeah. if I have it. Like there is, there's motive without a motive sometimes, but that yeah, obsession sure. with Batman where they're never going to kill each other. Like, do you remember yeah. watching like the they Batman animated series? They yeah. need each other. They're never going to kill each other. Yeah. You know, he's never going to stay in Arkham. 
you know, it's never going to happen. No. Yeah. Whereas in this film, you just have no idea what their background is. And I think it's because a lot of it's off screen. Like we have no idea exactly the, the Jason situation. And that's yeah. for me, Batman vs. Superman came too quick into the franchise for us for to sure, establish. Sure. Yeah, we didn't get under the hood. Um, exactly. We like we don't we have no idea what this Bruce Wayne has gone through. Like you and I yeah. do, because we've kind of we've read the comics, we know about the Robin mm. sagas and everything like that. We have no idea what he's gone through, we have no idea what this Joker has done. Like mm. he's a stranger and he obviously wasn't meant to be in the original Justice League film. Snyder just decided to introduce him to this film for the crack of it. And in this moment, like this is an alternative universe, but we have no idea who the he is, why he's here. And obviously yeah. they have this why weird... he's in a straight jacket. Why he's yeah, like him. what like and they the, the other characters even question it. And yeah. it just seems like such a strange situation. It would have made more sense if we obviously knew this was going in a direction, but it's it's just a strange one. And then we obviously get this weird scene with Martian the Manhunter. Oh man, Martian Manhunter is probably grown up, probably my favorite Justice League member. And I was so glad was, that yeah, there I was no him. justice done to him. I so like I gasped. I was like, oh my god, it's him, it's him. But then at the same time, I was like, that's it. He's like literally the most powerful member of the Justice League, mm. and he's been reduced to a cameo. They Captain Marveled him. What is this? They Captain um, Marveled him. <laughs> and and like I I don't know. Remembering what he's like in the cartoons and in the comics, he plays such a central role to not just the plot, you know, but mm. to the just most of the Justice League stories. He's such an integral relationship to that team. He does, you know, he does. and and to see him sort of just just sort of become a fan service cameo was super hard. It's just like, yeah, you're setting up this whole thing, but. We're never going to get to see it pay off. Um, a friend of mine was like, a lot of Snyder's films are setting up for things that will never come. And I think that's really, really sad. Hugely, um, hugely. Yeah. And I think it's it's frustrating because obviously we've we've seen this film and I definitely enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the last one. Same. But yeah. the future of this is that obviously we've got we've got the return of Darkseid that could possibly happen. Lex Luthor starting his own basically a Suicide Squad, uh-huh. which would have linked yeah. in quite nice. You know, Superman who could be anti life Superman, Lois Lane's pregnancy test. But unfortunately, Warner Brothers has said there is no Snyderverse future plans in their plans. The executive said there's no plans to continue the Snyderverse. There's no plans to give them more time. And the, I mean, this was all. This all came from a hashtag. Yeah, and it's it just from the fans. It, and this yeah. has never happened before. Like never in the history of film as yeah. as a film been able to be re released with a with a new edit from the director. You know, maybe for like DVD releases and things like that. But this is a major major thing that's happened in the film industry, sure. whether you like for superhero sure. films or not. And I yeah. think it's really opened up the mistreatment that's happening behind the scenes of this kind of scale. Mm-hmm. It also shows you that. When it comes to superhero films, and this is a debate that's happened before, are the directors just a pawn? Yeah. Are they even bringing anything creative to the table? You know, we, we talk yeah, about so much about... Yeah. yeah, like we talk so much about diversity and having more women behind the camera when it comes to superhero films, but is there even a point if it's just yeah. a tick box exercise? Yeah, if it's just a tick box exercise, if you are just going on like a uniform... Uh, everything in the universe has to be the same and, and they all have to link together kind of thing. I mean, I understand the need for continuity and chronology, but it, d- does that not detract from what film is as a medium, given that, you know, the reason comic books are the way they are because it's serialized and there's so many opportunities to tell stories in smaller packets and little issues, you know? But it is quite interesting to watch and especially witness and be a part of in the sense that we got to watch this product of a internet campaign but I think it does set a very dangerous precedent in terms of what how how far studios will go to please fans that will never be pleased because I know die hard Snyder fans and even you know Snyder anti-Snyder people they will never be satisfied with this cut you know what I mean? So the people that are will have to keep defending it to the people that aren't happy with it. And it's, I think it sets a very, very dangerous precedent, not just for the state of, of the industry and relationships with, with fans and, and um, content creators. But I also think it's just like, what does it mean for the direct, for like a director's cut? You know, what does it mean for someone's vision to be honored, um, to be preserved, as they said in the beginning of the film when it was in, you know, four by three? For, for to, to preserve the artistic integrity of Zack Snyder's vision, but 
yeah, it's it's bizarre because I can't imagine if this had happened with Endgame, if people weren't happy with it, what are they going to do? Release the Thanos butthole cut, which I know people wanted, where Ant-Man <laughs> jumps into Thanos' butt and rips him open. It, it, what does it say if you want to give the people what they want all the time? Which is fine, but also not. It's bizarre. It, it, I think it just goes back again to, to rampant late capitalism. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah... No. I don't know if I made any sense there. No, but, I completely uh, hear you because, like you say, it does set a dangerous precedent. Because there's a few things to take into consideration here. This is this is a major studio listening to yeah. one set of fans who mm. are predominantly male. Obviously, you and I are in the minority when it comes to this kind of you know superhero yeah. fans that are female. Believe it or not, it's still quite low. And that's not me with a pick me behavior. That is the fact that they will listen to the predominantly male audience for mm-hmm. success, and they have listened to this. There has been more focus and attention and fun on this particular project than there has been on us asking for the more women in the industry and more people yeah. of colour in the industry. For sure. Things like the Golden Globes, for example, I said recently on a podcast episode, just get rid of it. Just create a new, more yeah. diverse, more more modern approach well, to yeah. society when it comes to the film industry. And yeah, just abolish that whole yeah. like need for self-gratification anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, why don't we just reward people with funding for projects, you know, things yeah. like that. And yeah. I completely agree with you that where does this end? Like, are we going to, every single film, if we get enough people to get angry about it, are we going to just relaunch the film, re-edit the film? What yeah. There is an element there of artistic integrity. I think in this case, it is a very specific case that someone died in this person's yeah. life and they had to be taken off a project that they put a lot of time and energy into it. Yeah. Would would that, would if that had not happened, would the film be successful? We don't know. There's no way to kind know. of measure that. It could have been a complete flop, even if that Snyder Cut was released when it was released. Mm. But I think we do have to tread a careful line of demanding fan service and it happens in tv shows and you can see in tv shows where writers will jump off the trajectory they have for a character a season cater to the audience and cater to the audience and then you see the flick reverse of that as well where people demand more screen time from people Mm. i'm going to just share something here vampire diaries so vampire diaries Mm -hmm. went to comic con after season one and they mentioned caroline and the entire audience booed they hated caroline and season two there's a major flip on making caroline more likable and more Mm. human and it's little things like that that you see in other tv shows as well particularly large ones such as you know the dc tv shows for example or things like game of thrones game of thrones teen wolf absolutely um, and and it does make you question like you know sopranos was on when social media wasn't a thing would they have changed that you know, if, yeah. if they got enough, are we going to see another cut of the finale? Like that would break me. I, I mean, I would give if I had enough money in my own pocket, I would give Michael Imperioli every project that I can come <laughs> up with because I adore him and he's. Hey, brilliant. Adriana is alive. I want to see the oh Adriana cut. Sil- Sylvia, the Adriana cut. Silvio couldn't do it. Silvio let her go to Maine. She was too sexy. Um, she was, she, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill her. You know, I would get down on one knee. Um, <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, no, that's really interesting that you bring that up because this is only a thing because we've got things like social media, you know, like I've back in the day when I was staying up way too late to watch 90210 or the OC or One Tree Hill, people would write in fan mail and complain, you know, and if something got enough traction, the media will report about it. And usually the writers of the show, the, the creators of the show would ignore it. But then now you have things like, yeah, what they did to Caroline on the Vampire Diaries, and then they made her into a vampire. And then they brought in Catherine and Silas and all of the, the, the doppelgangery stuff. And then you have the spin-offs, or you have things like Riverdale, who are now specifically pandering to film Twitter. It's so bizarre to me. In the first, I, I'm, I'm catching up with Riverdale in the first episode alone. Jughead makes four David Lynch references in the same sentence. And I'm like, who are you writing to? Like, what? Like, there's it's a fine line again between art and sensationalism and sort of getting the clicks, getting the views um, for the money, as opposed to storytelling, which, you know, yeah, it's just... It's so bizarre to watch just unfold in our lifetime. But then again, we don't know what's going to happen next in terms of like when we're in our um, like 50s looking back 
on this period um, in our lives in in media, I wonder what will you know what will happen then. You know, thirty I, years from now, I reckon like, that like our kids will have like choose your own adventure style TV shows. So like oh, the end of the episode, snatched, the, yeah, like yeah, the, the end of the episode, you vote, and then they just write the next episode based on the audience interpretation. Oh and that would hurt. It would, <laughs> and then you you get things like like the Undoing, for example, the Undoing. They shot yeah. it, they filmed it, they released it, and people weren't happy with the ending but that was it it was done like you just move on from it and I think that it's about it sounds so ridiculous to say this but it's about realizing that it is it's media and you aren't gonna like every piece of media like 90210 absolutely couldn't understand what they did with season two and three so just stop watching it I didn't write a complaint because I was like right that's one tv show there's 20,000 other tv shows to get involved with and Mm -hmm. it's the same with films you're not gonna like every film and with superhero films it's the same with films that are based on books anything that's based on a piece of media that somebody loves and cherishes you're not going to please everybody that is just that's just how life is you're not gonna if someone makes a film that every single person in the world loves then that is it exists it doesn't exist and that's that's the whole point like that's why we have genres that's why we have different studios and I think now we have personal tastes exactly and unfortunately like we're moving into a world where one studio is unfortunately monopolizing the market Mm -hmm. and they are trying to pander and cater to absolutely everybody but I think as film fans as well we need to sit back and realize that it's okay a to not like something but also to disagree on something and also to just accept that not everything is made for you and I've seen this a lot with with WandaVision like some people said oh I didn't like it that's fine, yeah, but don't go online and yeah. write really te- for me. Like I'm a big fan of not writing negative reviews because yeah. I don't have a lot of time. I'm not going to sit there and write something negative because I think as artists as well, it's good. You, you see it in numbers. You can tell if for someone sure. likes your film in numbers. Yeah. And that's, that's, and as film fans, we need to realize that too. If you go watch a film to hate watch it, you're still giving them money. You're still exactly. giving them metrics. You're still giving them optics. Okay. Still, it's living in your head rent free. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's bizarre because when it comes to stuff like, yeah, people don't like one division. It's not for them. That's fine. And then again, we were talking about Promising Young Woman earlier mm-hmm. and it got me thinking like, yeah, I don't like this film. Perhaps it is not for me and I have my own issues with it and other people share similar sentiments with me and that's fine. And I know people who really, really love it. And that's fine. You know, not, you don't have to agree with everyone, but you also don't have to use it. I think it goes back to that thing again of, of social media becoming this this battleground for moral and intellectual superiority wherein for some reason personal taste has to be the defining factor in whether or not you're smart enough cool enough or whatever enough to to well, what film you like says about you and shit like that it's bizarre it's it's all very performative and strange and it doesn't produce any um, conducive discussions about the future of the industry or about new ways to tell stories it's yeah it's people have lost the plot a lot for the sake of <laughs> clout and drama and clicks and it's, yeah, it's it's a weird world we live in and there's the and the thing is as well like if you're not happy with mainstream media there's so yeah. much out there at an independent sure. level and this yeah. is why independent events and festivals and releases are so important so um important. You know, and that's that's the thing. And I think I think it is an age factor. I do mm-hmm. think that maturity is a level to do with it. I think that the the older you get, the less you care about things. Yeah. Like the and, and I know, like, come on, late twenties, early thirties, I'm ready. And I just think it's a case of you like what you like. And we had this like when we spoke about guilty pleasures, you yeah. like what you like. And if people you know who who sits and like oh I, I don't like Ari because she likes she likes I can't think of anything because I like everything you like because we're both <laughs> yeah, in the same boat but yeah. it's just it's just one of them things that you just wouldn't if you were going to base your opinions and your conversations on whether someone likes the same movie as you wait until you hear about politics my friend like yeah. that's, that's that's something you should probably you know fall out yeah. on not whether they like WandaVision and you didn't like it because you're not yeah. into superhero stuff you know yeah and I think I think people are taking that sort of desire to have to to attack whether is it to to attack or or create discourse in a in a 
very weird way because they're not talking about how freaking Woody Allen still gets fucking work and he's a freaking pedophile. Same with so many other abusers in the industry, so many other racist people. Going back to the Snyder Cut, like the execs at Warner Brothers are uh, completely complicit and Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher name-checked them in a statement and they don't talk about how gosh, everybody doesn't want to have that conversation about art and artists and the separation. And it's just like, if I I personally, for me, I would not fuck with anyone who, you know, praises terrible people in the industry or enjoys their work. But I also like, I like a lot of weird shit. And should people discount me on that? It's a difficult conversation to have and I don't think we'll get a straight answer, but I don't fuck with anyone or anyone that makes things that are that that don't sit right with me. So I guess that's where everybody's sort of coming from as well. But taking it differently to like a different context or a different extreme, if that makes any sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's a big conversation to have. And there's there's a lot coming out in the industry now, you know, about you know, secrets and abusive things that have happened on set. And I think it's incredibly important to recognise that. And I think a big part of the Snyder Cut for me was that that element of cutting people of colour out the film is so important to talk about. And yeah, yeah, people are like, oh yeah, but it's the Snyder Cut. And it's like, no. I think that sometimes people look at something that's very popular and means a lot to people and just think, I didn't like that, so let's find a way to attack it. To make make people feel bad about liking something that helped them through a difficult time or something like that. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's about Snyder Cut. I'm just saying about other things that it's, yeah, that fan service element and that constant criticism and one-upmanship of you like that but did you know about this thing that actually makes it not problematic but but yeah yeah. like all that kind of stuff like do you not get tired of that kind of element but I think that is again it's a maturity thing I think it's a maturity thing for me and I have this as well with an independent level I have friends that are filmmakers I have friends that are film critics and both those elements are very important but I have no interest in being friends with someone that shits on their friend's work yeah, I just think sure. if if that's your integrity that you have to shit on your friend's work to feel successful as a critic or a filmmaker, you're just mm. not the kind of person I want to be friends with, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness, yeah, for sure. It's again, if if we want to talk about integrity, there's a clear difference between moral superiority versus actual integrity and I think Mm. those two things get misconstrued because online you only have a certain number of characters or a certain number of posts you can make about something and there's obviously a lack of nuance everywhere online and I think discussions surrounding not just the Snyder Cut but like the conception of that film itself and everything surrounding it and the culture of superhero films and internet fandoms at large it's just there is a certain lack of I guess you're right in the sense that yeah it is a maturity thing and as you get older you do realize that oh these are more nuanced conversations that we need to have and we can't have them all at once but we do still have to have them but at the same time, we can't just keep, you know, it's it's tiring to see kids jump at each other's throats just because this is problematic or this is this. But at the same time, you do need to call out shit when you need to call out shit. And I think yeah. it's it's just, yeah, being able to balance that and and yeah, the, the, the nuance of it all. Let's let's make shit more nuanced. Um, the Snyder Cut in some way was kind of nuanced, like a little bit, not a lot, but like a little bit. Uh-oh. yeah. It's 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 yeah. a, it's it's good to talk about things and open the conversation rather than just being like I'm not going to watch that film because of that. I think that's fine, but be aware that there is a very important discussion being had in between mm. it that we should mm. be aware of because what other films are out there where someone's just edited people out because of prejudice race yeah you know let's sucks. let's or you know or closing the door for castings closing the door yeah. for funding there's there's a lot to there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes and i think this is a huge example of it at a major studio that we should yeah, be aware of stepping stone yeah and um i think it's important and yeah it you know it's a bit of a joke snyder cut yeah you know someone got their film remade because they pressed hard enough but look at the actual element behind it someone someone's child died their job got taken away from them and <gasps> there's a lot of other people affected in that it wasn't just Zack Snyder it was Ray Fisher it was all of those people of color that got cut out of the film and they deserve to have their work seen and celebrated and I think that's a that's the kind of main takeaway I got from this is that as much as I enjoyed it it was a fun afternoon because it did take me about seven hours to watch it um Mm -hmm. it was there was an important message I took away that there's a lot of work behind the scenes that 
that we're not seeing that needs to be addressed. And that's what we should be focusing on when we are critiquing people rather than, you didn't like that film. I can't believe you. I'm not going to, I'm going to unfollow you from Letterboxd. Okay, yeah, cool. Or, or you like that film? Like the thing about this night- Are we in high school? Movie. Like, yeah, come on. I understand why it's so polarizing. And um, again, a friend of mine said it's a, it's a quantum film. And I think that's one of the best ways I've ever heard it described because it is both, it is and isn't terrible at the same time. It's it's bizarre, but that's just how we're going to have to navigate it and continue to sort of, if we like to continue to engage with it. There's there's so many things where I'm kind of just like, this could have been two hours and it would have still gotten everything done, you know. But yeah, I think the four hours was probably pushing it. Four hours, one yeah. minute was going to. Yeah, push maybe it's out. not length, but then yeah, it's it's also that thing again of like I want to engage with this, but. There are the fans that I hate it when fans ruin things for me. And I, I think I've said this on my newsletter or something where in like it makes you want to distance yourself from something that you do enjoy. Like I can't bloody watch an episode of Rick and Morty without feeling gross with myself because yeah. of the kind of fans um that the show has. Not saying all the fans are like that, but there is a specific sect of fans. And um, this is across fandoms. It's in Marvel, it's in DC, it's fucking everywhere. And it just yeah, it puts you off engaging with it. Well, they tried to do that with nice. the Sopranos yeah. recently, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Like we had that though a select few people that was like, oh, I've never watched an episode. Am I not cool? Or oh, compared to this other TV show that is completely different, yeah. it didn't do this thing. And it's I just again it just goes back to why are you need unneedlessly shitting on something other people enjoy yeah. to come across as the cool one that's different. Like yeah. for me, like, that just enjoy makes you want Carmela's to- big CD. That's- <laughs> Oh, please like this and oh. as well how can you possibly judge an entire show if you've never watched and that just makes me exactly. laugh like that we yeah, talk yeah. so much about judging books by the cover like that's like me writing a review on a book i've never read because i didn't exactly. like i didn't like the fact that yeah we could have a big conversation on this and i'm sure that we will because you will, will be back absolutely so. yes yeah. of course that's all we got time for today but honestly mm-hmm. that was so it was so great to just talk about the snyder cup but also like the connotations around it as well because i just think it's such a big conversation to be had and it's for important sure. as well as we as women in the industry like we're already a minority like yeah. why are we attacking people <laughs> like i know what, what's what's the issue here Wait. i tend to i'm quite quiet to be fair because i'm um asian and muslim and a woman um and it's it's like if i talk uh, who knows who'll jump at my throat that's but not fair that's though. a bit that's, egotistical that's, yeah that it's a bit egotistical of me to think me. that but like it's yeah it's upsetting it's upsetting and i know people who have it worse because they have more of a following or or anything like that it's just it's weird man weird industry that we're in um, and yet we won't but, leave <laughs> and yet we won't leave but I'm glad we're having this like this sort of conversations because they do need to be had at any level independent studio barely in the industry in my case but um no thank you for having me by the way what a wonderful time this has been I loved it we're definitely gonna have to plan ahead our little noughties um episodes mm. as well which are fast and furious um, we've got a whole calendar of, of yeah, things whole, to yeah. talk about i love it things karis and i are qualified to talk about um definitely. fast and furious i'm gonna put that on my cv just to see if it catches tension like yeah i'm great at data processing presenting people skills fast and furious i'm not just put it on there no content it's on my website it's on my cv <laughs> so i don't shy away from it i lean into it um, you go for it special yeah. uh, special interest Exactly. It makes me very intelligent, um, <laughs> which is what everyone worries about when they talk about liking the Snyder Cut. I am, uh, I am manifesting you interviewing them for the next next. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I can if see I get to now. speak to Vin Diesel, my mother will actually, I think, lose her mind. Um, and I can't wait. I want to be in the tenth film. I have a driver's license, and I'm hot. So. <laughs> Justin Lin, if you're listening, I could be Han's cousin. Or something. I, I love know. that. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, this Thanks was a kind of special little release episode. We know that not everyone in our demographic will have a listened to this or b enjoyed it because yeah. they're not father's like But we had to do it. We had to be true to ourselves and we talk do. about something because yeah. there's not many other female podcasts out there that would probably have been Cut able to yeah do a Snyder Cut. And that's not pick me yeah. behavior again. It's just showcasing that many of us don't feel like we're able to speak about these things we love because we're mm. not part of the fandom group per se. Kind thing yeah. yeah thank you so much for having me bye-bye soft-spoken bye. voice <laughs> bye bye <laughs>